Okay, am I starting? Yeah, you start. I guess I decided. Today we're going to talk about dreams. Have you ever wondered, I don't know, like why I dreamt that or why I keep dreaming something? Have, have I? Yeah, you're the only <laughs> one here. <laughs> I thought this is like a rhetorical question to our audience. No. Yes, I, it, yes, Lindsay. You know, come to think of it, I You've have wondered dreams. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. no, I actually that was, um, I would say one of the, my initial reasons for having some interest in therapy was dreams, uh, dreams and uh, dream analysis and uh, things of that sort. So we're going to talk about dreams today. Yeah, Yeah. and we're not going to go into a bunch of theory just because we are trying to keep these videos short, but if you are interested in the longer Adlerian take on this, we'd be happy to do another video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We Um, also have some news that we'll be announcing in a video, I don't know, sometime in the not-so-distant future uh, about some opportunities that you might have to learn uh, a little bit, I guess, more about dreams and a bunch of other things, too. So. Well, I guess I can sum up the reason that we study dreams is because they are expressions of our lifestyles. And by lifestyle, and I think we sum it up the same way, uh, the patterned way that you handle the challenges of life. So when you meet a challenge, what do you do consistently? Mm -hmm. Um, And dreams are a really, really fun tool. Uh, They're a way of, I don't know, problem solving. I like to tell my clients that uh, when they have a dream, it's a challenge that during their waking life they're trying to avoid but then when they fall asleep our bodies are like well that's cute uh, <laughs> we're gonna work on it now um and then it's a way that you don't have to acknowledge it while you're awake but it is it is a way that you fight challenges so um i like that i i sometimes talk with clients about that uh dreams are stories that we get to tell ourselves and and embody like we get to be part of the story but uh but that they're they're not restrained by the rules of of reason or of nature and that allows us to let's say engage with challenges in a way that is um i'm thinking of julia christopher's word of uh semiotic like it's it's bodily sense not like not like mind sense and what's great about that is that you know we love to think of ourselves as like highly rational people um and of course we you know of course we have rational capacities that are actually pretty impressive but also uh reason is not what governs our behavior and so sometimes this is why i like to look at dreams is that uh in the stories that people are telling themselves in their dreams and that they're embodying um all the rule, all the like normal rules of things go away. And there's a kind of like acceptance of that. Like it's not inappropriate for me to be like, in my dreams, I can fly. Whereas if I'm yeah. running around saying I can fly in the waking world, people might think I'm crazy or something. You. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so, so I don't know if there's more that you want to say about dreams or what, how are you imagining that we are going to do this I just want to keep it simple and fun. So that way, if you have a dream and now we should probably give some like warning like this is not like i don't know how do you want to phrase it like it's not a silver bullet for like oh this is what your mm-hmm. life means it's mm-hmm. you know it's a part of a whole you have to look at your general behavior um but i i do think it's fun because everybody sometimes has dreams yeah and if maybe if you're not remembering dreams maybe you're just really socially interested that's what adler said because you deal with your problems in the waking life so Congra- well, there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> or you sleep really, really well. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, ambient or whatever. Um, so I think what we'll do is I'll share a recurring dream that I had from okay. when I was little. Um, and this also works for daydreams. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to share a recurring dream, and you're just going to kind of maybe walk through, through the steps. We don't need to sure. do all the psychoanalysis that yeah, we sure. might have done, but just some fun questions that you can ask yourself. And then you can also comment on the videos. People don't comment. You can comment. We'll answer. So <laughs> feel free to do that. Um, okay. So, and I did not rehearse this at all, so I'm putting I this just down. Clear, I've not heard the stream. Uh, and I guess you could say, well, he's just saying that, but maybe you'll maybe you'll trust us. But I've not heard this. I actually this don't know if I've told you this stream. I might okay. have, but okay. Um, so I'm probably like 9 or 10 when I'm having this dream. Okay. And I had it like three times. And in the dream, I'm in my bed. And I have this sense that there's something under the bed, something that's trying to harm me okay. or that might be unsafe. Uh, and I just have this inkling that it's a vampire. A vampire? A vampire. Okay. Uh, and I'm sitting in bed and I'm trying to think what to do. And I remember I, I wrapped the blanket around me but so I can still see. So I'm like holding myself and then I decide I just have to count to three and look under the bed. Because if I look under the bed, I don't know why, but that's going to fix it. And I'll know what the real danger is. Because, I mean, if he's under there, he's going to get me. And I'd rather <laughs> know that he's going to get me, you know, than okay. you know, be startled. Um, and then I, I, I peer over the bed and I wake up. I don't actually get to see what's underneath. But okay. I, I look over and then the dream's over. Okay. Now, um, I want to just quick disclaimer. I'm going to ask some follow-up questions. In no way are we saying that this is the way that you have to work with dreams or that every therapist is going to work with dreams or anything like that. This is just, these are some questions that I t might typically ask a client. Um, and me. And, and then I would ask myself. Uh, this is just kind of like the, our, our method. So, okay, now I'm, I'm going to say the dream back to you to make sure that I'm attuning well. Okay. Um, so you're about eight or nine, when somewhere around there, when you would have this recurring dream. Okay, but in the dream, you're laying in bed, and then you have this sense, and who knows how, but you have this sense that there's something under the bed that wants to harm you, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, you decide it's a, it's a vampire. It's a vampire. I watched okay. a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, and then uh, you kind of you wrap your blanket around you, okay, and you decide, okay, I'm just gonna uh, if I just count to three and look under the bed, then it, that's what's gonna fix it. Yeah, that's okay. My only option. Okay, yeah. and uh, maybe some of the things that are accompanying that is. Okay, it's it's gonna get me one way or the other, but I'd like to, if it's gonna get me, I want to know that it'll get me. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so then you uh, you count to three, you look over, and uh, before you're able to see, poof, you wake up. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Is there anything <clears throat> that I'm missing that's important in there? Okay. Nope. So uh, uh, well, as you think as you think on that dream, what's the part that sticks out as being most vivid or clear? Me swinging down to look. Now, I, I, can you show me? You're doing this with your hand. Can you? Uh, yeah, um, I'm just like swinging my body over. Okay. The you're bed. S you're swinging your body over. Yeah, like bracing my hands, but then just like peering over. Okay. Yeah, just going for it. Okay, just going for it. Now, I, I like we got a little phrase with that. Now, as you think about that, that swinging of the body over, and and you you brace your hands, and and then you're just going for it. What's the feeling that you associate with that? The emotion. Courageous. Courageous. Okay. And free. And excited. C 
courageous and excited. Okay, now you're giving us two. For you, no right or wrong answer, what would be the precise opposite of this flavor of courageous? Withdrawn. Withdrawn, okay. Like I give up. Okay, yeah. excellent. And uh, and then the opposite of exciting, no right or wrong answer? Terrifying. Terrifying. Okay, now just to be clear, some guesses that I'm making in my head, some things that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking... Okay, she uh, she wants to move towards courage and away from withdrawing. That would be my assumption. Yeah. And this is why we ask about the opposites. Yeah. Like maybe we should say a little bit about that super quick. Um, Do we have time? Uh, basically, a super, super quick yeah. version. Every Anytime that I get an emotion from a client or let's just even say for myself, whenever I'm feeling something, sometimes I say, okay, well, for me, no right or wrong answer, what would be the precise opposite? Mm -hmm. And what I've got now is I've got what I want to move away from and I've got what I want to move toward. And that shows me some of my movement. And this is an idea from Alfred Adler uh, of moving away from a felt minus and towards a felt plus. Uh, we could, you know, talk about that some other time, but um, just a, a great little method. Uh, we learn all kinds of really important things about clients when we do that. Um, okay, so you had courageous and withdrawn and then excited and... Terrified. And terrified. Okay, so she wants to move from terror to, towards excitement and away from withdrawal and towards courage. Yes. And, okay. Now, um, I want us to imagine that, that, that this dream, okay, that you just told us is a fable kind of like Aesop's fables like tortoise in the hare okay. and at the end of a fable we get a moral of the story a little short phrase that it perfectly explains the story it's like a you know a little lesson but also we can pluck it out of the story and apply it to life in general okay so if you were going to give this a moral of this what would be the moral of the story here when you're scared Sometimes you just need to go for it. When you're scared, sometimes you need to go for it. Okay, excellent. And try anyway. Now. <clears throat> Even if you might get hurt. Okay, now. <laughs> oh, so here just we go. add it on there. So. <laughs> I already know with, in the challenge in my life that this is correlating to. <laughs> would you like to share? Sure. So uh, this in particular, like recording videos and teaching it. I have social anxiety. Um and among other things, it's just really, really hard for me to do this. Uh, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm just trying and I'm really imperfect at it. And I have a nice partner that is good at riffing off of what I say. Um, but especially teaching, I'm teaching in Dublin this summer at Akasi and I'm scared as hell. Uh, and part of me wants to just withdraw and say I can't do it. Uh, but I know that what I probably need to do is just go for it just go for it just, go <laughs> just for swing it. that body over yeah. okay now uh i mean Lindsay, she's she's done us a big favor here of you know she's connected some dots for us um but you know of course she's talking about a current challenge uh but this is a dream you know that she had when she was eight or nine years old and so we might say well you know like how much how much meaning can there be for a present challenge when it's way back then i don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit well back then um sum it up just in case so I don't reveal too much. Uh, I was very anxious. I didn't really have a voice. Well, I had a voice, but it got kind of silenced. And uh, 
I didn't, I just started people pleasing and not really listening to myself and I shut my mouth and I didn't try anything new because failure was not an option for me. Uh, not in reality, but you know, that was my perception that I could not fail. So I didn't try anything new. I was scared all of the time uh, because what I wanted more than anything was to be loved and accepted. Okay. So. Uh, and and I'm curious, you know, if you could imagine, and of course this is an unreasonable question to ask, at least within expectation of accuracy, but uh, eight or nine-year-old you, what, what meaning would you have given to the, what's, what's the moral of the story that you would have given to the dream back then? I probably would have said, uh, even if you suck at it or you're not good at it, try it anyway just so you can see what you like and what you're good at um just try okay yeah, yeah. now so uh whenever i am listening for lifestyle okay so i'm hearing some things in here right for for Lindsay. uh Lindsay, in these would be some guesses that i would make about and to be fair i, I know Lindsay pretty well but and we're trying to get at lifestyle again which is the patterned way that we yeah. handle the challenges of life so when i meet a challenge what might i do so uh, a couple things that I noticed, right? Um, I'm, I'm looking for assets and liabilities. So the assets, that's really what we've been talking about. You know, that um, even though she's scared, she'll, she'll try stuff. She'll go for it. And that the, she has it in her to be courageous instead of withdrawing. And she has, a, she has it in her to, uh, to reframe terror as excitement, you know, to move from, oh, this is going to go badly into, you know, an opportunity, uh, which these are, I mean, truly, really wonderful things. There are also, you know, other things um, that are liabilities. And this is no knock on Lindsay. Any lifestyle, any lifestyle, there are liabilities to it. Um, there are costs to being, you know, to, to any strategy that we take on in, in managing life. So one of, you know, some of the things that uh, stick out to me, and I'd want to get your thoughts on this. I want to, you know, explain you to you. Um, Mansplain my she, life. <laughs> She intuits uh, a threatening force, even though she has no evidence to support the idea that there's anything under her bed that's going to hurt her. She knows that it's there. And uh, this is, let's say, a, a, an incredible thing to have as an individual to be able to intuit. Uh, now, the problem with intuition is, uh, particularly for people who are, uh, who are intuitive, okay, meaning that a lot of their intuitions are correct and yes. Lindsay she's this is an intuitive woman and so a lot of the guesses that she makes about life and about people and about herself they're correct uh which is a problem because sometimes <laughs> sometimes there's nothing under the damn bed there's no vampires uh but you're sitting up there terrified and you're so you're so scared and you're you know uh this whole time and there's no there's nothing under the bed and uh, so that that's also part of the lifestyle. It's not just that, um, I mean, and, and she's figured out how to manage this well, right? Of like swinging her body over and well, I'm going to look anyways. If I'm going to get hurt, well, I'm going to know it at least. But, um, but also part of the lifestyle is that it could be that you invent yep. threats, uh, that you intuit that there's, oh, there's this thing down there and it's going to suck my blood and it's going to, it's going to hurt me and it's, this is going to go terribly and um and what do you think maybe the cost of that is uh you could speak to your own life but you could also just speak generally whichever you're more comfortable with 
what, just fabricating things, just making yeah. boogeymen in the closet out of sweatshirts. Yeah, or vampires under the bed. Yeah. Vampires under the bed. Um, I, that I don't try anything, that I'm anxious all the time, and I just sort of, I'll probably get a panic disorder, honestly. I worry about worrying <laughs> about what's going to happen, um, which is what I used to do. I used to say, I, I can't do it. It'll X, Y, and Z will probably happen, because that's what anxiety does, has an an open or an open-ended question and we don't know the answer so our brain answers it to try and give us certainty and predictability and which is great it's really great that our bodies are taking care of us like that but also it leaves me anxious <laughs> and not trying anything and I you know then you start self-bullying and saying well you really can't do it uh, you might as well not try you might as well bail out and not try and teach because you'll probably sound stupid anyway uh, which is not true yeah it's like uh I tell this to clients sometimes. There's this there's this fundamental unfairness about the world, and it goes something like this. Let's say that I wake up tomorrow and I decide, you know what, I'm going to have a great day. Uh, things are going to go well today. Uh, I'm just Things are going to go smoothly and easy, and I'm going to be happy, happy and I'm going to laugh a lot. Uh, if I go and try that, I mean, I might have some success, but I, I have no certainty over that outcome. None at all. Nope. Because, uh, I don't know, like maybe I go out and, well, my tire's flat and then my car won't start and then uh, somebody's, somebody who I ask for a ride is not very helpful or kind and then uh, my client's no-show at the office and, I don't know, the internet's down and, I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is all stuff that I can't control and it's just, you and know, whatever. Happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I, all have happened. Now, here's the fundamental unfairness, okay? Let's say that I wake up tomorrow and I say, you know what, I'm going to have an awful day. Things are going to go terribly. Uh, people are not going to be nice. Uh, I'm not going to be very nice either. Um, I'm going to make sure that I have a flat tire on my car. Uh, I'm going to, you know, cut some wires and make sure that my car won't start. And I'm going to be kind of a jerk so that, you know, whoever I ask for, uh, for a ride that they're not very nice back. You know what? I can do that. Yes, you like, can. I can make my day go terribly. I can't make my day go well. And so there's this fundamental unfairness. Now, why I'm mentioning that in relation, in relation to your dream, right, is that sometimes when we intuit that there are vampires under our beds, metaphorically, uh, we put them there. Mm -hmm. And that then suddenly there are these vampires, you know, and, and, and this is a horrible thing about anxiety, right? It's like if, let's say, anxious about public speaking, like you're talking about with the course this summer. If you're like, oh, no, I'm going to suck, I'm going to suck, and, and and then you feel, oh, no, and you feel anxious, and then you get up there to talk, and, of course, you're anxious, so you're not thinking clearly, and then you kind of suck. Yep. And then you say, see, I knew I was going to suck. and Which has happened how many times? Well, I don't like, know. You like, tell me. Like four. So. <laughs> like four? That's not that many. <laughs> well, I'm so no, I just—it's heartwarming that 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 that's the number that you came up with. It's probably like five or six. It's, but it's don't, nobody comment often. on that. It's not that I, I'm not saying. Yeah, this happens all the time. She gets up there and she sucks. She's she's a great inst instructor. She does uh, an incredible job when she teaches. But it's like if you know, the only times when I see you having difficulty with doing well is when you're worrying about doing well. I know, right? Yep. So this is okay. Just to say. This is why we like to work with dreams. And if for no other reason, what we've got is we've got a metaphor. And we'll, there's another video that we're going to do on uh, on metaphor and how useful that can be. But um, if for no other reason, now I've got this way to talk with Lindsay about how she is 
and her strengths and her liabilities, but it's all nested within a story, within an experience that's, that she's had, and that's so much more helpful than, let's say, just talking about it in terms of theory. Yeah. So I love dreams. They all have a purpose. And I like to look at the feelings as, um, uh, as sort of like my body preparing me for action in my waking life. Like, mm. what am I going to do? Um, well, I'm going to find a way to get excited about something. And that is literally something that I do. And I teach my clients about how to move from the state of arousal of anxiety over to excitement, sort mm -hmm. of, you know, trick your brain. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. I shift to excitement about sharing something with people on stage, even if it is I'm sucking up there. And they're like, well, she's still up there and she hasn't <laughs> passed out or thrown up. So good for her. And they're like rooting for me, you know, that they know that they can be imperfect too. Um, that's a that's a very uh, this is straight from Alfred Adler. His idea about dreams was that they um, it's like a, a a mental experience that invites a feeling state that uh, is needed for, to attempt to challenges. And so, just you know, even that you like the way that you frame it now, we've got these feelings of courage and excitement, and that that's what then when you wake up, you ha you have these feelings of courage and excitement, and this compels you to to move in, into action. Yeah. So, and it also just because why not? Uh, it can help you like grieve what you didn't get as a child. That's what, what I do. I'm sad that I didn't have the courage to try things. And now I can do that with my daughter. Mm. I'm instilling all the courage. And now she's who I want to be when I grow up. She's <laughs> the most courageous. She will climb on anything. So anyway. <laughs> well, I hope this has been helpful and, and interesting for y'all. Um, thanks for listening and um, stay tuned. We'll have, we'll have more content for you next week. Thanks. Bye.